In answer to your question, yes, we do have hamburgers and fries in England, but we call French fries chips. So eat it. Don't you tell me you're full. Just eat it. Eat it. Get yourself an egg and beat it. Episode 120, and it's me, Podcast Wanker, and Carl Riley, the prof. You stole my line. I was just about to call you Podcast Wanker. <laughs> yeah, I'm officially been christened. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about the first podcast bus of the season, Sligo, last Saturday, and it was sold out full to the brim. And we've another edition of the Members Corner with two brand new club members, with David Kiernan and Connor Birdie Bear Foley, and they'll tell us why they took the plunge. And there's also an interview with Con Morphy, friend of the show, and he was on commentary for Air Sport Prof at the showground, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, I'd find it very hard not to be totally and hundred percent biased if I was if I was doing that. Mm. He, he holds it he holds it very well, especially the Mandrew goal was particularly impressive how he held that one. Um, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, rubbish goal, offside. <laughs> so it was a handball along the way there. Some would be thinking of something to discredit. It. Yeah, well, I asked him about that as well. About is he conscious of, of of sounding like too much like a hoop when he commentates? So that was interesting his response mm. to that one. Yeah. We'll have the reason why the greatest in league in the world ended and get all his memories from the FAI Cup final. So it's an emotional one, prop. Certainly was. Um, we have our sponsors as well. Uh, the lovely Aberley Court Hotel. And they looked after us big time. So we rocked up at about 12 o'clock. And the pints were ready to be drank. And we went in. There was food put on. There was uh, music. The whole lot. We The place was pretty much ours for the three hours. And then we got onto the buses. So a big shout out to the Abbo. Who are looking after us again. And all the Tifties patrons. And uh, this Saturday they have Who's Eddie in the Abbo Prof. Have you ever seen Who's Eddie? No, Who's Eddie? Three lovely ladies singing all your favourite hits. So that'll be on on Saturday in the Abbo. I think actually I'm going to that. I think Lara likes them, so I'm getting dragged in. And uh, yeah, so that's that. And of course, our other lovely, lovely sponsors, Ocean Electrical, who got their first podcast job. That's it. We got them a job, Prof. Yep. Anthony Smith. They in all Church laughed Down. at the scare. They, they all, laughed. They all said, <laughs> we, do, we don't have electrical needs. What are you talking about? <laughs> they all laughed, but we got them a job. Anthony Smith got his... Uh, Kitchen rewired, so Anto Smith in Churchtown, fair play to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ray Whelan Senior, big shout out to him who went looking for a lamp in Ocean Electrical, but they actually don't sell lamps; they're electrical services. So they they wire well, kitchens and stuff. They don't sell lamps. So well, you can't win them all. He loves lamp. Um, yeah, so that's it. Our sponsors, big shout out to them for looking after us. So um, we're back. Our new home of Wednesdays, profit. Have you found it's it's better? Have you found? Yeah, I am adjusting now. Schedule wise, but there are times when I think the game is tomorrow. Yeah, it's brutal, isn't it? So Wednesdays we're back and uh, probably still trying people off. Reminder that you can listen to us on Spotify now as well, which is my uh, preferred choice. And check out our Patreon page, of course. Give us your money. Um, Patreon www.patreon.com forward slash tifties tfts so you can watch the video of all our quizzes, interviews, and monthly madness shows a day early 
all for just a fiver a month. The price of a pint, price of a chicken fillet roll and a can of Coke. What else is a fiver? It's too early for me to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cheap fry. Some people still asking us what Patreon is. I had to reply to someone on Facebook this morning. Explain what, what Patreon is. But uh, yeah, you've explained it there. That's it, pretty much. Yeah. And a goodie bag is on his way to James Lowe for having the best guess for the Dundalk attendance. And Aaron Dunn, we've a copy of Tala Time for you for winning that raffle, even though you turned us down as Quiz Guess Master. Get a Quiz Guess Master? Master mm. Quiz Guesser? Just reverse the words, fine. Quiz Master Guess. Um, yeah, so that was uh, Aaron, and he is going to get a copy of Tala Time. Fantastic toilet reading. Is that That's not offensive. Surely it's not offensive, is it? Isn't it a good thing? Isn't that spo- like, as long as you're reading, I suppose. <laughs> Does not matter where you're reading? Does not matter if you're sitting down with pants around your ankles? But toilet reading... Taking it, a big it, dump. It does imply that it's a short book. Where this is like a 300 page. Well, that's... It depends on how long you plan on staying there, you know? Oh, that's not going to... Do. <laughs> it depends on if you're in work or not. And you're playing pins and needles. You sound like Tommy Tormy. Did you read that on Facebook? <laughs> oh, yeah. He was obviously. looking forward to christening the, the Rugger Jacks at Stradbrook with a Berry White. Only he would have that <laughs> mentality. It's like, I'm going to a stadium for the first time. What what can, I'm going to have the biggest shy I can in their toilet. So we got our first ever Patreon comments on the site itself as well. So it's exciting times in uh, the Tifty's castles. And they were on Dunster's Members Corner last week, which was recorded in the stands with the flags in the background. So... Yeah, those comments were Jer Coppinger. He said, One of the best highlights of Michael O'Neill's era at Rovers was Dunster on the commentary. He made every goal Twiggy scored seem like a screamer. And the other comment was Dunster himself. He said, Not the most flattering of angles. Uh, Thank Fook for my glittering charm. Yeah, there you go. We were both worrying about the old Ned Kelly's glistening in the sun. Um, You see, we got a picture of, of Dunster as a kid with Mick Byrne. But the just as beautiful you talking, mullet. Yeah, just as you were talking about the hair, we threw in that picture. And you just see a bunch of kids getting a mixed autograph. And Dunster is down there in the corner. Some some hair, and, wasn't uh, it? Speaking of Patreon, Gar, a monthly madness video launch has been set. We won't reveal the details yet, but it's in a couple of weeks' time. Brand new location. Popular X player. Cans. The works. So if you want to see it unfold, you know where to go. Go to our Patreon page. That's it. Sign up. Five or a month. You want to buy Profit Coffee? You want to buy Gar a pint? You want to buy Profit Pizza? You want to buy Gar some... I don't know. Can I buy those? Either way, you go in, you sign up, you give us a fiver, and then we're rocking. So that's Tifties. www.patreon.com forward slash Tifties. So, uh, Ricardo Lopez won the Club Player of the Month, Prof. See that? Apparently the How fun- hard is it to get a name right? Apparently it's not the first time they've called him that. It's not as if he's not in the news lately. Like He's playing well. He's doing well and they're calling him fucking Ricardo. Sounds like some rubbish fucking folk singer. Ricardo Lopez. Yeah, so we're trying to secure him a long-term deal in the club saying there hasn't been any approach from him despite being linked with Nuremberg in the German second tier. So um, it's something we, we don't want. Obviously we don't want Pico to go. We want him to stick around but let's hope we can sign the contract that's put in front of him and... Uh, the Germans can pretty much fuck off. I mean, he's central to our title challenge at this stage. Yeah, he really has been. And like we talked about on the bus, I don't think there's any other player who has come on leaps and bounds the way he has in my living memory of following Rovers. No. I can't think of any other player who has improved so much and like physically, mentally and every every way possible. 
There's no one else. I can't think of anyone. Yeah, so Graham Bork and Jack Bourne were nominated. Um, player of the Month, wasn't it? Yeah, the league's player of the month for February. Yeah, yeah. And uh, McCarthy strongly hinting that Jack could be involved against Slovakia. Yeah, how complimentary were those comments? Yeah. That's um He's been a bit reserved in the past, isn't he? I couldn't believe it. I mean, obviously he's seen that Jack has gone and done what he's asked of him as regards to uh improvement as a player, which is something that Jack kinda said or uh, apparently Mick McCarthy was saying in his ear, you know, you have to do these things. But now he's consistently running and winning these games for us. So Mick is looking at that thinking like he actually said he'd be great to bring on in a tight playoff game, which is a massive compliment. Like in a qualifier, like he said mm-hmm. he would make a difference. This is someone who has, hasn't made his competitive debut yet, and this is a playoff for the Euros. That's crazy. Right, it's class. It really is. We'll move back on to Graham Borg as well. He said he'd like to stay at Rovers beyond his summer deal. So it depends if Preston and Rovers can do something and work it out. I'd love to see him stay on. I think it's going to happen. It's going to be a case of both clubs yeah. being happy with the current situation where he's at Rovers and Preston don't want them. So. After we blew away Cork and I went to the Pines, I did bring up that question because I just thought, you know, Jack was on fire. Berkey had just scored five goals. I was thinking, like, what if they both left in the summer? Oh, stop. We talked about this as well. But, then, but then everyone that was there was like, Berkey's going nowhere. Berkey is, Berkey is committed to living here. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, he's. I think he's just, he's had his chance. I think he's happy enough here now at this mm. stage. Um. Yeah. So, what else we got, Prof? We have a great article on McInef. Did you read it? it was yeah. Really good. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see him getting a bit of exposure. I'd love to know who comes up with these. These are pretty cool, like because you know his dad was from the barn, and um, like I said, depends. But a hot bit of talent again, once again, he could be on the borderline. He could be Dublin eight, but listen, might as well be Dublin twelve. We're claiming the moon. We're claiming way, him, yeah. so. Once again, the hot bit of talent that is Dublin twelve. Um, yeah, it was a good read. A bit of an insight on on L A Mac. Um, yeah, so uh, prof. Next up, we have another edition of the members corner, and it's Connor Foley and David Kieran, two new members who we peer pressured mm. into it. So we're gonna uh, probably take a little break from members corner after the next week or so. But it's just it's something I've been enjoying doing because I'm I'm hoping that we can convince more to become members plus this is a bit of a new twist we've often interviewed members who have been there from the beginning of the 400 club these are two people who just joined literally in 2020 brand new absolutely brand new so um, yeah this is the members corner I'm a member ok so I'm back for another edition of the members corner and we've David Kieran and Conor Foley, a.k.a. Mooner and Birdie Bear. So two of the club's newest members and they've signed up ahead of this season. So we had just both on the Tattoo podcast that was the brainchild and you organised the Mooner. And we Birdie Bear who was just infamous at this stage. <laughs> so we're going to skip some of the usual questions and show what tattoo you got to the camera there, Birdie. Give us a look. Can you get them skinny jeans up? <laughs> it's not happening. They absolutely melted onto them. So the bear has to get it on there. Or I'll tat it up. That's more the pain, I don't know. So, um, yeah, we're here at the Abbey Court. Brand new sponsors looking after us big time as well. So, big shout out to the Abbey Court. Um, we're just on the. Well, this is pre Sligo, so thank fuck. Um, we will not be at any state to record <laughs> later on. So, um, Sligo, we've got to go with you, Moon, at first. One of your favourite trips? Yeah, Saturday. No time off work. Up early. 
have some a fry or something and then straight to the pub or all the lads you, you just can't bear it you can't bear it what about you Barry one of your favourite trips yeah I, I like this trip because uh, it's a Saturday as well I don't want to take days off so it's handier for me as well and you've never seen us win here well, I have never so hopefully the video is over yeah the video so um, the favourite moments are win in the sh- in, in the showgrounds Muna um, it was probably be Twigs last game Twigs last game was a, a great two game 2-0 yeah, yeah that was he a great game yeah. gravity there yeah that was a great game and then I think the last time we won down here was Melee's goal was it a free kick the cracker that was 1-0 uh, that was a great game as well so that was the first game of the season if we can remember correctly but the, two of them two good so uh, away days in general I mean your favourite ground I'll go with mine mine's Derry I love Derry I think the four away the better I think it's brilliant uh, give us yours what's your favourite uh, probably it's probably showgrounds it's a nice little ground I know sometimes you know get treated as well as we should down there but overall as a trip it's a nice ground yeah I'd say Sligo on a Saturday give us your least favourite Ah, Oriole has to be, doesn't it? You can never create an atmosphere for range of bollocks. Um, yeah, just a poxy place to go. And Barry Bear, we're going to go on to you now. Yeah, my favourite would probably be Turner's Cross. And uh, the first time down there last season, look, we got the win as well. So uh, it was it was good journey as well on the bus. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably my favourite. Tongue tied here, he's getting sure. He's about to get a few more points in, though. Um, so f- we have a favourite ground for me now. Give us your favourite ground and your least. My favourite ground would be uh, Torrance Cross, as I just said. Yeah. The least favourite ground would be obviously Dundalk. It's just a kip though, isn't it? Yeah, it's brutal, isn't it? So we're gonna talk away in uh, European trips. So we've all been to Europe, lads. Milna, what's your favourite European trip? I'd have to be sports, just for the whole um, the atmosphere, everything, the occasion around. It was brilliant, but. Um, Yes, that was a good one. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get to many, but brand last year was a great trip as well, so hopefully now will be a regular occurrence. And uh, Barry's getting attacked by the flags here. We're going to stand up, right, just to give us a bit more uh, leeway here. So, Barry, European trip, give us your favourite one so far. We, uh, you popped your cherry when? When was your first one? Uh, first one was probably, st- right, first one was Stockholm, and that was, uh, that's probably my favourite, just because it's the first. You go over and then you meet loads of new, loads of new, uh, <laughs> <laughs> loads of new hoops, and uh Went to Brandon Cypress last year, so I'm on a good record roll at the moment, so uh, hopefully I'll make the next couple of... Brandon was good as well, considering the result. What do you think of the start of the season, how we're playing? Do you think we've progressed from last season as regards to mentality and trying to just beat the teams that we couldn't see, couldn't beat as regards to, let's say, the Prof had a great stat that we've more points this season than we had at the whole of last season against Dundalk and Bowles, so how do you think we've started off? Uh, well, I think that's what shows how far we've come. The squad depth last year, I think, let us down towards the, towards the latter part of the season. Uh, I think a squad depth now is probably perfect for us. And uh, f- four, well, four wins from four, so hopefully we can make a five from five. So. And you were about you, Moore? Yeah, just as we started. We started really well. Um, I think anywhere we need to improve, we have improved. Um, if someone gets injured, we have a decent enough replacement to come in. We're not lacking. Um, and again, like I just said, we beat Dundalk, we beat Bowes where we couldn't previously. So I think that has been a shift. I think last last week was a big example. I don't think any team from O'Neill would have been able to come back and beat Dundalk the way we done last week. So yeah, Were you surprised? So yeah, I actually was. When when they went two one up, I said typical Dundalk. They'll they'll just they manage the game. They probably get another, and that'll be that same old same old. But 
the, the character that we showed last week is really encouraging. I think we're we're on the right road. So tell me, why did you become a member? Um, well, it's been a season to get hold of for as long as I can remember, and it's just a few things have changed. Maybe work wise, so I'm in a better financial position now. So I said, why not? And um, there is a few perks to it, but uh, the perks to it is not the the be all and end all for me. I think just helping the club, like the, the membership, how, ma- how many there is, the 600 euro a year or whatever it is for each person going to the club, it is it does make a big difference. So it's just to help the club out in, in any way. Well, I'm glad to do it. And Barry Bear, tell me, how about you? How, why did you become a member? Well, obviously just uh just to have that extra part of the club. Like I've been a season ticket holder for the past what, five, six years maybe. Around that. So you would have been a perfect example of us talking about the progression of season ticket holders straight into members and the way we can bridge that gap and convince people to do it. So what, what was the deciding factor in you becoming a member? Well, I have a job-wise as well, as Mira said. I have, a, I have a decent job and I'm not really doing anything else with my money, so I might as well put it into rovers. Yeah, except spending on Sligo away days. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So, Mooner, um, do you think fans owning the club is the way to go? I mean, lately, at the minute, there's a lot of talk in German football about the 50 plus 1%, and a lot of, most clubs in Germany are 51% yeah. fans owned, but I think it's come into publicity recently as regards, I think it's Hoffenheim, have been, there's been a lot of protests in Germany, do you think club owned is the way, or fans owned is the way to go? That, that definitely has to be, I think the fans have to have some sort of voice because no matter what, the fans are always going to have the, the interest of the club at heart, so you might have a private investor coming in and maybe they're looking to make some money, but the, the fans have to be there in some capacity and I think we're lucky that obviously we own half the club and then you have Ray in there as well, who's Rovers as well, so you're talking realistically 75, 25 at the moment yeah. so I think we're in a really healthy position the, the way we are to just build the club and keep pushing us forward I think if you look at me, maybe maybe the other German clubs as well there's, there's some people would say that we've lost part of the club now we've lost some of our identity but I think a lot of the clubs in Germany will be fan owned 51% and then they might have other investors as well so do you think that the German we're going to talk to Conor now Conor Barry Bear do you think that the Dermot Desmond investment was the right way to go? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it is a good investment for us. Once the, the the fans are in charge of the, have the majority of the club, I think that's the main thing. Once you lose that, then anything can happen, as you know, from previous clubs around the world. Like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And what do you think as well? Do you think the Dermot Desmond thing was a positive or a negative? Uh, de- it's, it's definitely positive. I think with the people coming in, like with someone like him coming into the club and investing as much as he did, it can only be positive for the club. Um, he's not. He's a smart businessman. He's been around the block, so I don't think he's going to put that amount of money in just for the sake of it. So he sees this progressing, and to have someone behind behind the club like that is it can only be good for the club. Yeah, at the moment now, personally, I think our benefit structure is quite good, and we spoke about tiered structures as well. But I think the benefits at the moment that are for the membership are brilliant. I mean, you get your season ticket; it's optional. You can have a car park pass. There's priority on tickets which is massive at the minute as regards like Bowes in, in itself sc- the scramble for tickets was insane um, do you think there's any way we can improve on the benefits probably different uh, tiering systems maybe I think that probably be the best way to get more people involved in the membership uh, 600 like, for what the main membership is, is uh, like it's, uh, for me it's, it's, it's easy for me to do it but for other fans it might not be as, as financially easy but yeah. uh, Maybe if there was a difference, like maybe not without without the season ticket, you should maybe two, three hundred a yeah. year, or you get your own season ticket, and you still get your 
I don't know what you can get other stuff with it, you know what I mean? Yeah, true, true. And what about you? Do you think we can improve on the benefits? Yeah, definitely. I, I think you've touched on it recently, like on the podcast that, like with the third system, that would be definitely an idea that maybe if you could only be second tier or third tier, whatever it may be, a discount in the shop. Or maybe if it's only one ticket for an away day rather than two, yeah. something along them lines. Just not a bad show. yeah, yeah, get the one ticket. Yeah, 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 just just for someone to have, like, someone might not be able to afford a six hundred, but if they could afford three hundred, why would the club not take the three hundred yeah, off them? You know, some yeah. reason, some way to get get them in. And say, okay, a probationary period three hundred. Yeah. If you can jump up a scale yeah, and go yeah, ahead, I think. anyone that any uh, someone that can give that to the club should be welcome. So I don't think there should be ah. Uh, I pay 600 so I'm better than you down here so yeah. I think just get everyone involved get as many people involved and the club's only going to benefit Yeah, and even that when I met you when we were getting our bowls tickets there was just a sense of pride in the room wasn't there there's a massive amount of people there all picking up the tickets and it's just when you look around you think we're all together in this we're all members it's just a it's a feeling of unity wasn't it yeah like that that was my first members meeting and then you're going out you're collecting your members pack which you know, there's a few nice things in your badge, your scarf, your car park pass, whatever it's it may nice be, touch, yeah. And then you're going up and you're getting a, an update from Rochi, Steve McPhail, whoever it may be. So you just feel, I'm, I'm in here, I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm getting the inside scoop. So, you just, yeah, it is. It's a, you really do feel part of the club and it, it's it's a very good thing. I'm glad I've done it. And, and I'll, be, I'll continue to do it as well. What about convincing somebody who's on the fence? Let's say they're season ticket holder, they're thinking about becoming a member, what would you say to them? Well, if you if you do it at the start of a season, if you look at it, if you say, okay, it's six hundred over a year, but it's two hundred for a season ticket, so you get your season ticket with it. Yeah. That's four hundred over a year, and then if you work that out over a twelve months, it's only about twenty five quid, mm. and what divide that by four weeks is what we about eight, we, eight, we, eight, yeah, quid. We usually do, do it by the price of points, so it's yeah, exactly, or a bit, a point, you know, yeah, or a, a bit, ten, a tenner accumulator on a Saturday. Everyone does it. Mm. Why not give it to the club instead? And what about you, Connor? Tell us, who's, they're on the fence. Tell me, what do you think? What would you say to them? Well, if they can afford it, I'd say just do it. Why not? Like you're, having your, you're having your club out. And uh, obviously the perks are there. You get your, your tickets first hand. Uh, yeah, and... Uh, you're not convincing people here, Mary. Go <laughs> on, give us some more. <laughs> well, all I'd say is just if you can, like, I mean, it's, it's having your club and... You, at the end of the day, we all have the one interest I heard is to help get the club as, as far as we can. And then we'll talk about you as as a season ticket holder for maybe five years now. It's a quick progression into the we're being attacked by the flags again. Mm-hmm. It's a quick progression into membership. So, what what made you decide? Okay, do you know what? Is it was it the love of the club and the unity that made you want to go involved in? Well, obviously one of the main reasons was you talking about uh, you and Prof <laughs> talking about all the, all the time. The peer pressure. The peer pressure, yeah. But obviously, my love for the club is massive, and uh, I'd rather put the money towards the club and then going out and doing other stuff that I should probably shouldn't be doing. Exactly. So that's it for today's members' corner. That's Mooner and Barry Bear. So uh, this is going out to all the patrons out there. So sign up and give us your money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we'd, we'd moon out there and Connor, Birdie Bear, and been attacked by a flag for most of that. <laughs> I think that's segment. worth your fiver alone <laughs> this month to watch Barry battle that flag <laughs> for a good four minutes. Uh, literally, just in front of his face, he didn't know what to do with it. Um, and Aaron McInerney, if, if if you're listening, do you remember we got him to read out some uh, Connor's corner? No, oh, he tried he was, best, when he was yeah. on the show, and he was like. Who is this fella? <laughs> like that's who he is, Aaron. That's that's Barry Bear. He's uh, etched in Rovers folklore, Rovers fan folklore. Um, Did you like my Jamaican accent there? Did you like? 
<laughs> the old abo beforehand as well the spiritual home of Tifties it officially is the pub of the podcast and they're looking after us we rocked in at 12 points were laid on um, yeah they just really looked after us good crack loads of tunes everybody mm-hmm. started to fill up it was about half one two they wanted to take photos and a couple of videos and then it just uh, it, it was it, the whole gang was there then cans and points and everything so it was great crack really is a handy place to go and once again afterwards as well they looked after us as well a load of steam and drunk lads coming home from Sligo half one in the morning they still let us into the bar jeez the thought of going in there after that after ah. that long day I went straight home class fair play yeah. to them looking after us again so um, new new bodies on the bus prof I think a couple of them uh, popped their Tifty's cherry as well didn't they yeah a lot of young fellas that I, I didn't recognise good uh, to see one, one young man came up to me uh, Stephen Tyrrell oh, yeah Tyrrell Stephen Tyrrell yeah uh, yeah he, he he loved my stats he, oh, he just started listening to the show so similar to Dan, o. Dan O'Brien was it yeah he just started listening and he and he's hooked oh, he's hooked, hooked. Yeah. Uh, so just a 3-2 win which we'll get into uh, my curse is finally broken here oh, yeah super win saw my first win here mm. and Barry Bear he hadn't seen us win the showgrounds either oh, yeah tough Barry place Bear, to go who put on the correct boiler suit this time huh. I saw him do it I recorded it I put it on social media he you did. recorded a young man getting dressed. Yes, but he was dressed uh, and he was putting on more clothes. You can put that into the into the. You'll know where that goes underneath <laughs> the, the in the binder. Yeah, so we finally won away to the third biggest robbers, gear. The third biggest yeah. robbers, <laughs> and also thanks to Connor for providing podcast bus stats, because he pointed out I actually forgotten this that we are still unbeaten. Yeah, I am very proud of that as well. Mm. By the way. Very proud or, of that. We're unbeaten on the road every time we're on a bus. Or are we unbeaten with an asterisk? Because that remember that giant John Connolly bus. Are we saying that that is a a John Connolly bus, the one we were beaten by Sligo last summer? That was uh, a, a yeah because well yeah no was I on that one? We were on it. Well, were we on that? No, actually, I don't think you or I was. It wasn't. No, it was the we're the, be- the Venga bus, wasn't it? No, we're- I wasn't on that. No, yeah. so that's not our bus. Officially right. not a Tifty's bus. It was the the John Connolly slash Karen Connolly Venga bus. So we are officially they're unbeaten. actually on the one to Derry as well, but they won't be hijacking that one. In fact, they can have, keep their Venga to themselves. I think the only game we haven't won is Cork. I think we won all of them except we drew the one. drew the draw nil all coming back from coming back from Europe, wasn't it? Coming back from Europe, we're only back from Norway, was it? What game was that? And we drew nil all on a Sunday, and it was one all. One all. Oh yeah, McInef scored, didn't he? No, some scored from the edge. I uh, don't remember now, but either way, we should have won. Yeah. We were all of them. Joel Castrain played for them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Chris Turner. Chris Turner put up on Twitter welcoming everybody and all uh, all the Rollers fans to Mooney's, which was going to happen anyway because it's the only pub mm. beside the ground. So it's there as in laws apparently. So he welcomed welcomed us with open arms. We ended up in um, Gings, prof. And this was eventful because uh, every bus went to Gings. They were apparently they were told that about twenty lads would uh, be arriving. Think was more than twenty. Yeah, about one hundred fifty maybe. Yeah, two hundred. You're looking at big numbers here. R.I.P. the snooker cues. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, the glasses, the steps, <laughs> the things. It's just a plunging into the Shannon. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it was eventful to say the least. I went um, in and probably won't be going back there 
I went in the barman practically chased me to tell me we're not serving anymore I was like yeah right, I'm just using the jacket literally only in the door <laughs> people are I worried I didn't even get a point not one people are worried about handshakes from the coronavirus Shane Nolan keeps giving me sloppy kisses oh. on the cheek <laughs> <laughs> tell me <laughs> the- <laughs> Tell me about five four wins in nineteen ninety nine, which was the famous game in Sligo. Ah, uh, Shane, oh, some fella. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So what we're gonna do now is for every away trip, uh, can, oh, can we? Uh, we're gonna. What we're gonna say is we're gonna have. We have an award. We always have an award that we give out unofficially on the bus, but it's gonna make it official now. This is a big moment now. So, uh, what it's called the banjo before Monaghan Award, mm-hmm. and we'll let you. Do with that what you what you think it's it's for, but mm-hmm. the, this year, this this trip the Tifties bus to Sligo, the three two win the banjo before Monaghan War goes to. Well, I had a little bit to say first. Give me give me a drum roll in a second. <laughs> the prestigious banjo before Monaghan Award. There was a few contenders. A few people were determined to get absolutely meldy. Gar Brennan was half favour going into this. Gar was a smooth. James Milner performance on this one he stayed yeah. consistent throughout and it was a, an admirable performance he took it easy at the start yeah. Nate Nate was hot Nate, Nate streaked out in front at one stage about 4 to 6 I'd he say he always, was Nate is always like the first hour he's just completely coherent and then at some point you just turn over to him and he's changed yeah and then he has the, yeah. the ninja grip on you he was talking to me about fracture fractional distillation at that point it was alright it's the other Nazi name I enjoy those deep <laughs> random conversations I think they're fantastic because you learn yeah. some new shit every fucking time we go on an away trip like Usher grabbed the mic a few times and would just talk absolute shite yeah. for five minutes it was absolute like absolute it's like, it like Gary Parsons supposed to be running this bus and he's in an absolute <laughs> heap <laughs> yeah hit down there in the backseat fucking lead <laughs> Just give me dogs right. abuse for the whole trip. So in terms of being absolutely elve, well before we reached County Sligo, there was only one clear winner in my mind, Gar. So the winner is... Dara Kenny. Yeah. He, I'd, won. I'd, he won his hands down. He was banjo in the abo. Never mind the farm <laughs> running. Ah, stop. Oh, man. Deadly. Fucking air in the mouth. Yeah, absolutely bollocks. So, uh, talk about the team. Two changes to the team. Um, actually, I, I want to say that we were actually very efficient on this trip because when we got to Sligo, we actually stocked up for the way home as well, which was extremely, extremely thoughtful and efficient. Something that I think, I think I don't know how we remembered it because we have a Cairns liaison officer now as well. So, Kerr Cairns is the Cairns liaison officer. Is that an official so, club position? That's, yeah, that's all. There's one job. He has yeah. one job. And he fulfilled it. He did it very well. So he made sure there was cans for the way home, which uh, which went down a tree. But even that, when we went to two t- changes to the team, with Scales and Gaffney coming in to replace O'Brien and Watts. So it injured O'Brien and nothing wrong with Watts. So well, what's harsh on him to be dropped? True, you could, you could you could say that he gave the ball away a lot in fairness against Dundalk. When you think back, he gave well, he away scored a lot. and he's had a good start to the season. But he certainly responded very well to being dropped in this yeah. game. Lee Grace was playing his 100 game for the club. Lee Grace, yeah, that was a great yeah. start. I like that one. Um, Travelling crowd, prof. Once again, uh, nobody travels away like us. Fucking planes, trains, automobiles, yeah. everybody making their way down to Sligo. I think it was six, seven hundred. I'd say maybe. six, seven. Easy. That was absolutely overcrowded, jam packed. 
brilliant. Fifteens were there. Pajo was there. Fats was there. Like it was a brilliant, mm. brilliant away day. Were so you, many familiar faces. Never stopped all night, did we? No, not the once. singing never stopped. It was just that's that's the product of getting banjoed before Monaghan. When everybody's <laughs> banjoed, everybody sings. Everybody knows. Even when Monaghan's not even on the way to Sligo. And what I will say as well, there was a, like in front of us in the stand, everybody standing up and on the wall and that. There must have been about 150 like maybe teenagers or young young adults that I'd never seen before. I'd never mm. seen on away trips. So it's another good thing as well, you know. Um, first half, with a chance for Ferrugia. It was a little one-two, wasn't it, on the left? And then he was put in mm. and he took a touch and left foot drive or just past the right post. Just wide. I love his... I love how quickly he can beat the first man yeah. and he's away. He's just gone then. Then you have to foul him. Yeah. Or, he, or he has to run the ball out of play sometimes, mm. which he does. Now, in general, on the night... He overhit most of his crosses. Yeah. But he made great openings for himself. I thought he played fairly well. Okay, his end product. If his end product was perfect now, at his age, he would already be in the Man City first team. Yeah. He has so much about him, hasn't he? Yeah. So, obviously, there's going to be something to improve on. So, but that will come in time. Definitely uh, agree. I think once he's the fin- finished product, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, it was a 1-2 with Gaffney to set that up. And... Gaffney really tired in the second half, but he did nearly set up a goal there, and he was involved in Jack's opener, so I thought he had a good opening 45. Yeah, you can't say he was poor. I mean, the Jack goal came then on 22, and it was just a... Do you know what? It's just the way... It epitomises Jack's ability on the ball, the way he spun around and just beat his man, and then rifled it into the bottom left corner. It was a brilliant finish. I don't think any of us in the stand expected him to... Score from that angle. Not one bit, man. I didn't expect that ball going. I didn't we expect. Were, we were stunned. Yeah, I didn't even expect the ball to even to do what he did as regards to beating mm. the player. I love how he knew exactly what he was doing, but the defenders were just bamboozled. Oh, like he had turned them and shot before they could even do that in the building. Mm. They, they had no idea. This was quality. So really was uh, fantastic stuff. And then we move on to the penalty decision, which I still don't think it was a penalty, but. What was what I do think is that he gave the ref a decision to make, and I think when you do that, the ref. He's on I, I hate that phrase. I think that's giving an excuse to the ref for being shit. No, but that's what they is in their mind as well. Like, like that's in their mind as well. So I think, I, when when there's a tackle made, I think some of them sh- are weak of minds. You know, it's a shocking decision. Yeah. there's no contact. Yeah, no. So some of them are weak, and he saw that it was in the box. Obviously, he knows he's on telly. He feels like he he had to give it because. See Cody's grin on the ground. Ah, oh, sick, isn't it? Yeah. Well, McPhail kind of said what you're saying is that I can't remember the word he used now, but it was on the lines of there was no need for Pigo to make to, a challenge there. Yeah, to be rash and dive in. Could have jockeyed mm. him. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Don't know why McPhail was doing media, by the way. <laughs> yeah, of, I think it's a thing, isn't it? I think yeah. Bradza has a thing against Air, maybe. Yeah, I'm possibly. not too sure. But, uh, yeah, this was like, what was it? Four minutes to half time or something. I, I had 42 on my clock yeah. when the ball went in the net, and I just thought I hate conceding at this time, especially just before half time. Great time to score, but awful, awful time to concede. We were realistically, we were cruising before this penalty award. Like, we were looking like, will this be two or three nil? <laughs> brutal, wasn't it? And this just changed everything. Like, and it's the same ref, McLaughlin, who derailed our season last year, remember? Because he couldn't tell the difference between the hand and someone's face. 
with uh, Lee Grace, was it? Yeah. Shocking. Shocking stuff. Really, really had a poor game. Remember, remember you used to, used to look at the fixture list and you'd go through them and you'd be like, oh yeah, we could get like uh, nine points out of nine there. We have to look at uh, referee appointments now and we have to see McLaughlin and we're like, yeah, you might, we might get seven out of nine there. <laughs> He's actually our biggest obstacle. Shocking, isn't it? Just tw- playing against 12 men for that whole game. Um, we move on and we have the Ronald Cochran stuck away the penalty in 41 minutes uh, safe enough penalty and then we jack had a good effort that he went just wide and he later forced a save from the edge of the box so overall it was a, like before the goal it was kind of quiet a lot of playing around in front of him not much penetration hmm. and then um, Watts and O'Neill came off the bench it was looking like it would be another fruitless you know, experience at the show ground, which is a, a boggy ground for us. It looks like we wouldn't carve them open. I've seen this so many times at the show grounds in the last few seasons where we've not played that well and we've not looked like scoring. And it looked like it was going to be another one of those nights. Yeah, it felt like that really, half. didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was uh, two saves. We had, um, no, it wasn't, it was the two subs. We Watson O'Neill coming off the bench. So, uh, a, a gung ho approach, you could say. Which changed the game effectively. These yeah. two subs, didn't they? Pretty much. I mean, we had Aaron F who scored in seventy six with for two one, and I tipped him last week to start playing well and score a goal. I think he got. I think it was because it was fifth game. I just thought. I think he's due one. It's mm. great to see him score a goal as well because he's playing well. Lovely build up play to this. Yeah. Uh, scale started. Watts laid it off, and a uh, great finish. So yeah, this was a really nice goal. Love, love to see it. Um, lovely little slide ball through from Watsy, and then onto three one with Aaron Green. Four minutes later, with a great bit of work down the left hand side by Watsy, and he just kind of squared it for Aaron Green on the left foot and buried high into the net. And Q, the, one of the best celebrations ever. Obviously, he's gonna run by the Sligo Rovers fans and give him a bit of stick, and he's taken on the chain. But then one of them throws a snack box. And uh, he just milled it. And I say, what a waste. What a waste. Yeah. Some lads in the farm noting that there might be a correlation between how clinical Greener is in front of goal and the type of arena he's in, like as in Daily Mount, Shaw Grounds, where he always gets abused. Remember last year? Yeah. They were abusing him. As opposed to Tala, where everyone's behind him. He mm. seems to, when he's up against it, maybe he performs better. But uh, yeah, two assists for Watts. Uh, great impact. Do you know his so- his his song came back on the night. Do you know the one uh, based yeah, on the- uh, Rotterdam or anywhere. Mm. Do you know the Oldgers had transferred that song to Berkey because Watts would never score, and now because Watts has scored again, it's been returned back to Watts. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> very fickle. But um. Do you think these are the sort of games like we wouldn't have won in previous years? 100%. And the games we like need to be winning if we're going to edge ahead of Dundalk. Like last week, we went behind. This one, we were not at our best. So, um, they're the ones you need to win, aren't they? Uh, they're, they're the ones you dig deep for. As uh, I know it's early days now, but as we used to say mm. under O'Neill, league winning form, isn't it? Plus the subs. Like our subs are making, are affecting games now. Like look at last season, 
we, we always knew what our first two subs would be. Greg Bolger, then Brandon Kavanagh. Brando is like a really talented player, but how many games can you say he actually changed? Yep. Greg Bolger ha- has come on and shored things up for us and improved us in plenty of times. For example, the cup final in extra time, he was amazing. But now our players are coming on and scoring goals and winning games for us. Mm, it's, it's it's you love to see it. But then we have uh, the tour, uh, the celebrations. Bro, this was insane. The, insane, the like for the third one in particular, I just lost all control of me, me bodily functions, and I was launched into the air. Definitely go crack. Yeah, Ozzy Nate got me in a belly to belly suplex. Belly to belly. The trouble is, he keeps listening to this show and then hears me describing his celebrations, and then he keeps trying to top it. So you know the blame with yourself. Stop that now. But uh, yeah, I think we've decided to change our. <laughs> I didn't notice any pitch invasions. I'm sure there was one. But uh, remember I was saying we're going to start a book of pitch invasions. We changed it to a calendar of, book, of, oh, of yes. pitch invasions. Just the 12 best ones. I like this. That's a great yeah. idea. So the prof is going to business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, performances, prof. What do you think? Who impressed you? Well, the, sli- the, the Sligo goal. We didn't mention that. Oh, yeah. the sli- ah, Well, this absolute madness. I mean, it takes, it takes a knock off of scales. Takes a shot, Horahan, Morahan takes a shot, hits scales, bounces back and hits him in the arm, so he controls it with his arm and then he puts it into the top. Did you see how close McLaughlin was to this? We had a great view as he well. Was, he was and pr- we saw it was blatant. He was practically breathing on him. He was that close to him. Oh, man. And he doesn't see this. It's brutal. Brutal again. All their players just stop. Manus has lost interest because he's like, well, that's blatantly a handball. And, uh, well, luckily it was a 93rd minute, so it's. It was a consolation goal, but yeah, and they like they they saw it as a consolation. Even though it was two minutes left, they saw it as a consolation. Mm. Like they were just kind of happy. They did have one more attack after that, but it was firstly the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. So a massive three points, bro, from the first time in a long time. So uh, yeah, huge, huge three points down the Sligo. Yeah, Sligo were the only team to beat us last year, other than the Dock and Balls. Really, really happy with that. Now. And the fact that we're getting results on. You know, poor pitches in terrible conditions. As I said, not at our best at the showground. No, so but we came away encouraging. Points. Hopefully, we look back at it and remember it now. So that's it. that's our last Saturday game of the season. And but we we still have them on a Monday or something, don't we? Yeah, Derry as well on a Monday. Stupid carry on. We've no we've no Sunday scheduled either. But you'd imagine one of those European games will c- cause a game to move to a Sunday. Yeah, so performances on the night, Prof. Top McInef was really good. I thought um, Grace, no, Scales was excellent. And Green worked very hard as well, so. Yeah, I love Scales' distribution. Like, it's always, a, it's nearly always a positive ball forward. It's a great quote from Dave Donnelly saying for that McInef goal. He said, brilliant from Liam Scales in the build-up. Not many defenders in the league whose fir- who's first thought would be to pick out a man on the edge of the box. Like, a real forward-thinking pass there. It was great to see. Yeah, it's, and it's great yeah. to see as well. Jack Byrne won man the match for Air Sport. Did you agree with that? I think it could have been a little bit harsh on certain players. I think it was only because he got the goal. But um, maybe Scales could have got it. Um, maybe Jack, because he kind of played and bossed it in the middle of so we have another another champ was born as well, the Stephen Magnifico, Stephen Fantastico, 
don't even, I don't yeah. know what it's called, but it's deadly. And it kicked <laughs> off big time. So that's another fantastic chant that the boys have to coming up with. That was brilliant. Like that was that was doing the rounds all night. He's uh, pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Gary O'Neill came over uh, post match. We were all singing his name. You can see he really appreciated that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like overall, like it's just a really really good night. You know, you could say easy easy enough win, and Sligo are going down. So the B team lost one of the way to Cabo on Friday to an injury time goal. Cabo were down to ten men for the last half hour. Keen Clark starting that one. Um yeah, so uh, the B team have drawed it at home on Saturday, three PM kickoff. And the man Ado Ado said that we are trying to instill that in them, whether they've been with us since twelve or eight, twelve years of age or a couple of months that some it means something to play with Shamrock Rovers, which is what it's all about. You know, get them hooked. And let show them that there's a bit of pride playing for Rovers, you know. That's what I've been looking forward to as much as the talent of these uh, these underage teams. They're all going to have that instilled in them from an early age. They're going to love playing for Rovers. They're going to know who the players are, the gaffer, yeah. all that type of thing. It's really good. It's a good way, it's a good way to get involved. Like. So with Sam Bowen probably scoring a cracker, he has calcium uh, for Warford in their win over Derry left foot as well. I thought you said the second goal was better. I thought the first one, but I thought Bones was better because the right... A lot, of, a lot of pace on it and that, but it was a little mm. bit in the middle. So I think Sam's is better. Left foot, there, top there corner. Two stunners either way. Two crackers. Um, crackers, yeah. So the man who assaulted Alan Reynolds was jailed for 18 months as well, and it made for horrific reading. It did. It certainly did, yeah. Booted him in the head when he was on the ground. Like. I didn't realise it was as brutal as it was. Massive scar on his head and everything. Like, yeah. and he's struggling to do anything, so can't even play five-a-side with the players anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that. Uh, yeah, so Con Murphy, and like I said, friend of the show, and we have him up next. So here, here we go. Okay, we're joined now by Con Murphy making his hat trick appearance on Thousand the East End, <laughs> but uh, it's definitely his Patreon debut. So very professional setup here. My camera phone is literally placed in a plastic cup. <laughs> that's my DIY stand. So welcome back to the show, Con. Thanks a million. Thanks. And you're on commentary for Air Sport for the so-called Battle of the Rovers at the showgrounds on Saturday night. So <clears throat> what did you make of the game? I enjoyed it, um, but I'm enjoying every Rovers game at the moment, and there I go again calling them Rovers. One of the things you have to be really careful of when you're doing commentary on Sligo Rovers against Shamrock Rovers is not to refer to Rovers as Rovers, which you do all the time. Um, I wouldn't call them Sligs either. Oh, God. So every time, anyway, the other night when I said, and you know, Rovers on the attack, I had to kind of correct myself. The Shamrock Rovers, that is, you know. And so it's always a problem. They're very... Um, they get really pissed off when you refer to Rovers as Rovers um, but there's no way I'm ever going to call them Shams <laughs> never um, but I enjoyed the game I, th- I thought Rovers again maybe didn't hit absolute top form but the pitch was really soft like I walked out on the pitch on the way up to the commentary um, position and it was like it was really soft it had taken an awful lot of rain so it wasn't ideal and then the bloody wind was mad mm-hmm. as well I mean every game this season I think we've played has been you know gale force wind or storm force wind so it hasn't been ideal weather wise start to the season but I thought Shamrock Rovers were the better team you know clearly I mean they had a lot of injuries especially in defence um, and I think that's affected their start to the season they've been poor really um, 
thought the penalty was soft, but I can see why he gave it. You know, and even afterwards, um, Steve McPhail said, you know, it was a challenge maybe that he didn't have to make on the edge of the box like that. So uh, I can see why the ref kind of gave it. Um, but Rovers were very professional the way they did the job in the second. Dylan Watts, I was delighted for him. Thought he did really well when he came on, in, in, involved in two of the goals, and you know, conceding the late goal. If that second goal for Sligo had gone in five or six minutes earlier it could have been very squeaky bum time because you could just see they were piling everybody forward and, and, but five wins out of five you can't argue with that really can you the Hoops fans were in good spirits for obvious reasons that's their first win out there in four years yeah I actually I think um, I robbed a couple of your stats from um, the previous you, yeah. weeks <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always I I I feel very guilty robbing your stats, but they're so good. Um, and I will give you credit um, the next time I rob one. But the best start to the season since 1965. Yeah. yeah. Great line. Uh, and then Stephen Bradley not having won a match up there as as manager, the only Premier team that he hasn't won away to. So it was great to for Stephen to put that stat to bed. Because um, they have been... I think... Sligo Rovers raised their game against Shamrock Rovers. It is. I know there was all that stuff about you know the cup final for Bowes when they play Rovers and all that kind of stuff. But I get that sense that they have their noses are out of joint in Sligo because everybody else in the league calls Rovers Rovers and they like to call themselves Rovers. So it is a it's a, it's a bit of an issue for them. And I think they do raise their game when Shamrock Rovers come to town, and that's cost Rovers points in the the last few seasons. So to get the three points up there, I mean the win. To have one away to Bowes now, to have beaten Dundalk and one away to Sligo Rovers. I mean, if you had offered any Rovers fan that at the start of the season, they would have bitten your hand off. It's a great start. It's a great platform, but like we remember what happened last season. So it's a, the oldest cliche in the book. It's a marathon, not a sprint, you know. So perfect start, though. And Aaron Green eating the chips that were thrown at him. That's classic <laughs> League of Ireland, isn't it? Do you know, I didn't see that when it happened. Um <clears throat> Where we were up in the commentary position, it's actually anybody who was watching on TV or even anybody in the stand underneath us probably had a better view than we had. Normally, the commentary position is a great view in most grounds. Like in Tala, you've it's brilliant. In in Daily Mount, it's excellent. You're right on the halfway line. You've a great view and everything. In Sligo, it's quite small, so that we had two massive big cameras beside us, um, kind of blocking our view of half the pitch. And we were working off monitors a lot of the time for stuff that was on the near side. But the monitors, because the rain was coming in, they were covered in this kind of plastic coating, which got drenched with all the rain coming down on top of it. So it was really mottled and stuff. So we could hardly see uh, what was going on. Um, So I didn't see him picking up the the chip until, um, I think it was either the director said it in our ears, or they put in a replay of it or something, and then I saw it. So at, at the time, I didn't see it, but I thought it was a good response to the the the, the crowd. And um, I mean, I can see. I remember when Aaron Green was playing for Bray against Rovers out in the Carlisle grounds, and something he scored, I think, and he kind of ran over in front of the Rovers fans and gave them a bit of a, a what for. And and I remember thinking, "You fucking bastard!" <laughs> stand them yeah. um, so I can kind of understand why the Sligo fans would be pissed off at them given the fact that he used to play for them as well um, but I've grown to really like him um, he seems like a very nice guy and he does stuff with the um, 
with the junior hoops and all that kind of stuff, which is great. And I know his own is his kid in the under tens or the under eleven or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So he's kind of bought into the whole um, ethos. It was, it was of the his club. kid who had the idea for the corner flag. Oh, was Park. Yeah, 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 and th- I mean that w- that will go down as one of the legendary moments now, you know. Yeah. Um, so, ah, uh, yeah, no, I I love Aaron now, but um, I thought that was a funny funny response, yeah. So uh, describe your day from start to finish. For example, a trip to Sligo when you go there to do commentary work. What sort of prep is involved, and then everything behind the scenes at Airsport on the day mm. before and after the camera starts rolling. Yeah, most of my prep would be just listening to you on the podcast <laughs> and robbing all your best lines. Yeah, I've been um, in the car on the drive down and all the 50s. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I normally spend a good day in advance going through um, each player. I was saying to you before we started recording that I still use pen and paper for everything. So each player, I have all his stats and who he played for before and what age he is and where he's from and blah, blah, blah. Uh, on a sticker so when the team is announced I put the stickers on a sheet for each team um, and it's all colour coordinated different colours for international caps and age and all that kind of stuff um, and so like obviously with a team like Shamrock Rovers I'd be very familiar with the players but even just simple stats like appearance, how many times they've played this season how many goals they've scored how many substitutions all that kind of stuff Um and so I do that for the two squads um, and just general sort of um, head-to-head record against each other, what happened last season. Nowadays, it's great because every match is, is filmed. So, you know, you can kind of look back and if you've forgotten about something that happened the previous season, the YouTube videos will be there and stuff. So it's a good reminder. If somebody got sent off. You know, what did they do to get sent off in that game? You can go back and check it. Um Likewise with the referee, you go through their record and uh, whether they're anti-rovers or pro-rovers. <laughs> so you had fun with Mr. McLaughlin. Uh. Well, actually, <clears throat> I shouldn't have even mentioned the referee. I'm not going to say anything about him. But um, I think I did mention in the commentary that, or if I, maybe I didn't, I can't remember now, but obviously, you know, his sending off a Lee Grace last season was a bad mistake. And I think he'd even admit that himself. Um, so that would be the kind of stuff I do in the the day or two before the game then on the actual day of the match you kind of um and again like even the the club pros and stuff are very good nowadays in terms of just giving you a bit of a heads up on um previous team formations like with sligo for example um rory who who i used to work with in in rte um emailed me during the week with the um the sligo rovers team formations for the three games they played this season mm. and just a couple of notes on each player you know the fact that Morahan was um, player of the month that month and all that kind of stuff um, <clears throat> and then on the day of the match I'd go up really early I like to get to the ground like maybe four hours before kickoff just in case there's a the car breaks down you get a flat tyre to allow for any of that kind of stuff and um, already like the the air sport team the OB would be there like from the morning. So they're cabling the amount of stuff that has to be done in advance. I think sometimes people, when they're watching the match, they don't realize actually the amount of manpower and the amount of work that goes into an OB like that. Um, and usually there'd be a program meeting then about maybe two and a half hours before we're on air where the editor and the director and stuff will talk to the presenter, Connor, the panel, they 
kind of decide, okay, pre-match, we're going to have a chat about Jack Byrne and David Cawley or whoever it might be. And so when they're out warming up, the people who are on cameras are already getting shots of the players that are going to be talked about in the pre-match preamble and whatever. And um, I again, I'd be up in the commentary position. I'll, usually I'd try and go over to the dressing rooms and have a chat with the um, either the coaches or the managers. Just generally, to be honest with you, before a game, an hour before kickoff, they're not going to tell you anything that's particularly interesting, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in fact, in Sligo, I didn't go across at all. But just the weather was so shite and I didn't want to get wet and be sitting in wet trousers for three hours. So, um, usually, though, it would be just, you know, how are you, Stephen? You know, no late injury worries, mm-hmm. is there? No, everything's okay. What's the pitch like? Um, they're still going to tell you more than the assistant managers will midway through the game, which uh, yeah. RTE often does. <coughs> yeah, um some people aren't fans of those interviews. I know uh, Airsport actually don't do the um, interviews during the match. Uh, RTE brought that in. And some are better than others. Um, Glenn Cronin tends to be very short. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're happy with the way things are going, Tony. Thanks very much. Bang. And, and you know that he's not going to say anything else. Others, I think, I, like, I'm actually a fan of those interviews because I think occasionally you do get something really interesting Maybe not all the time, but but sometimes. And you see, when that came in, and I know RTE were trying to innovate by bringing in things like a a camera in the dressing rooms, which a lot of the clubs objected to. This is something new. We're not having that. No, no, no. Now, RTE said the camera will be mute. We're not going to hear anything that's said. And also, they said at the time, it'll be on a delay. So if there's a fellow walking around with his todger hanging out, that's not going to be broadcast because it's going to be on a delay and they're going to just not put that picture out. Um, so if you look at the coverage, say now, of the Pro 14 rugby, they have cameras in the dressing rooms and you just see the players coming in at halftime or about to go out or whatever. And it was just something a little bit different and a bit new. Um, and I think those interviews were a bit like that as well. I mean, I've been to mm-hmm. games in Spain where uh, players uh, substituted and literally, as he crosses the white line to come off the pitch, there's a guy there with a radio mic under his nose saying, you know, interviewing him. And people would say, ah, Jesus, you know, why are you interviewing a guy when the match is still going on? But it was just something a bit different. And so, I don't know, you're not a no, fan no, of those No, no, I really dislike it, actually. Do the, only, the only time I would like it is during Ireland games. Sometimes you hear from Tony Dunhu down the touchline and he'll yeah. tell you something important about an injury or whatever. Yeah. Like, that is useful. But uh, very rarely have I heard assistant mm. manager offer something yeah. useful. That's just my opinion. Yeah, but, uh, and, and I know like some managers just don't want to get, know it all, and so they'll always just give you the assistant manager. Whereas other teams, the manager actually will um, talk. It's no. From my point of view, I, I I see people getting pissed off about it on Twitter and stuff, and I kind of think you know, it's really no big deal. You know, it's mm. occasionally you will get a little good nugget of information and uh, you're right I mean most of the time they just say nothing but and that's what I mean about going over before match like very very rarely are they going to say anything interesting Um, but if you get one little line about something it it, you know might give you a line during the commentary so that's that's the day It's it's a long day you know like we I left for Sligo really early got home at 
one o'clock in the morning. So it's a it is a long day for, but it's a labour of love. Do you make an effort to say what well, you mentioned earlier, making sure not to make sure to say Shamagarb and Stigarb and that sort of stuff? But do you make an effort to sound unbiased when you're commentating? On Aurora's game, Philip Green, an RIT many years ago, was famously called Philip Green and White. Mm-hmm. I don't think he cared who knew. He was yeah. a proud hoop, like yourself, you're yeah. a proud hoop. I remember Pico's equaliser in Norway last year. It was easy to hear the delight in your voice <laughs> when that goal went in. But one, last Saturday, for instance, is it something you're conscious of? Yeah, uh, very much so, because I'm I'm freelance now, right? So I take work where it, go, where it comes, and... Um, if I am biased in a commentary, that would be the end of me as a as a commentator. I think the thing about it is, if you if you look around, um, like Adrian Eames, who does commentaries on RTE, his profile picture on RTE, he's wearing a Sligo Rovers scarf in the in the picture. I've never heard Adrian doing a biased commentary when Sligo have been playing. John Kenny will proudly say that he's a Shelburne fan and he's doing commentaries and again he I think he almost would go instead of being 50-50 you'd almost go 51 the other team 49 Shamrock Rovers to to try and keep it as as um fair as possible like when uh, Mandrew scored that great goal against Rovers at, at Daily Mount I was doing the commentary that day and a lot of Bose fans got on to me afterwards and said fair play you know you did that commentary very well and, and you know your your bias didn't show but but I think really when you consider all the people who are covering the game in Ireland here most reporters stroke commentators stroke presenters would have a team they're interested in the league. And if you're interested in the league, the likelihood is that you'll have a team. You know, um, Neil O'Reardon is Bo's fan. I think most people would know that. You had Paul O'Hare on recently. I think Mark McAdden would kind of lean a little bit towards Shamrock Rovers as well. Dan McDonald, Dundalk, he's from up there. Johnny Ward doesn't hide the fact that he's a big Galway fan, which I, I think is great, actually. You know, um, Tony O'Donoghue has never hidden the fact that Cork City flows through his veins, you know. So um, I think you just, when the when you're doing the, like if I'm at a match and I'm just at a match, I'll shout away at the referee. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. But if I'm working and I'm doing a commentary on a match, I have to be uh, neutral. Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. with that penalty the other night, even if I felt it was very soft, I kind of had to stop myself from saying that was a soft penalty to make it sound like I wasn't being biased towards Rovers, you know. Um, and like if Pat Fenlon is on co-commentary, I think Pat would probably admit that he's kind of, even though he's been around the league with all the other clubs and stuff, in his heart he's a kind of a, a Rovers fan. Mm. Um, anybody you get on the panel is going to have their... like. Conan was on the other night at, from Daily Mountain. Conan will always have a soft spot for St. Pat's. Um, Stewie Byrne will always have a soft spot for Shells. Paul Curry obviously would have a soft spot for Shamrock Rovers. So it's it's. I think that's the nature of the thing. But you just have to be when you're working. You have to try and be as fair as possible. You uh, co-hosted the Greatest League in the World podcast for two seasons alongside Conan Byrne. Uh, was there a reason it came to an end because it's a show that a lot of people enjoyed listening to and they were surprised by the news when it came out yeah um, you have a guitar over in the corner there I wish you had a little violin <laughs> and you could start playing it um, 
I was, yeah, it was really disappointing because it was going, like we were getting a great reaction to it and people were kind of listening and really, they were really happy with the numbers and everything. The, the fact of the matter is that it was, um, it was an FAI production. They were paying the, the costs of it and when the shit hit the fan in there, uh, I think anything that didn't have to be um, produced seemed to be cut and mm. so we got a warning pretty early that there was a good chance that it was going to be knocked on the head um which is um which was really sad because we enjoyed it you know i mean you were in and you like the the um much the more set professional set up than this place i don't know well i don't know i don't know we didn't have bottles of beer in the corner <laughs> and a bottle of paddy whiskey of paris um uh but I, like I, I loved working with Conan, and and I think he enjoyed working with me, and that the guests we had on were great, and just you know, again, like just like this, you know, just talking about football, what could be better, you know? Um, so yeah, it was really sad, and actually, we looked at a couple of other uh, options of kind of keeping it going in one form or another and we're still actually looking at one or two things I think maybe for this season now it might be a bit late but who knows maybe like a phoenix from the flames it might uh, come back or the FAI actually own that name now by the way greatest league in the world so if we came back as something has anyone called uh, John Dodge that because he's the one that coined that phrase exactly yeah Yeah. he should have he should have um so if we did come back, we might have to come back under a different name. Um, and we have a couple of names in mind, but I can't tell you what they are just at the moment. But uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully it'll happen. Maybe it might even happen in the next before this season is out. But if, if not, hopefully by the end of next season. We still have your own to listen to every week. Anyway, that's the main thing. Well, you've given us hope there, fingers crossed. But uh, only one place to end, I think, and that is the 2019 FAI Cup final so mm. share your personal memories of that day we ended the 32 year curse yeah yeah oh god that now that was a day where I made sure I wasn't working uh, I mean RTE were covering the game anyway so that was grand um, uh, that was just such a great day I I missed the crack down in Ring's End I only saw the uh, the footage afterwards and I was just blown away by that um, what happened was um, there was about eight or nine of us who went to the game my sisters and nephews and nephews girlfriends and all that kind of stuff and uh, myself and Lorraine the other half go to a gym in uh, Wicklow and one of the trainers there is Anya Gorman who played in the Irish international team the other night and Anya uh, was playing in the, the women's cup final beforehand for P-Mount so we actually went into the ground really early um, to kind of watch her match as well. And uh, so we got like seats right on the halfway line because we were in early and really good seats. And we were trying to hold seats around us for the sisters and stuff who were arriving. Um, and like, I don't know, when I think back to the in Euro 88 when Ireland played England, I was at that match in Stuttgart and again, there was a kind of there was a lot of talk before that game that there was going to be trouble. There was, hooliganism was bad at the time and stuff in, in England, and so we got into the ground early just to avoid any shite outside. And I remember watching the atmosphere in Stuttgart that day, building, 
and that day in the Aviva was the exact same because obviously it was pretty empty almost entirely empty when we got in and the women's final is going on and suddenly you know you see the flag starting to appear at either end of the ground and <clears throat> when the march happened from Ring's End and all the Rovers fans just started to pour in like from where we were sitting we could look down at the at the Rovers end and it was just this wave of green and white coming into the stadium and suddenly <laughs> the noise the volume turned up and ah, like I mean I'm actually getting the hairs are standing up in the back of my neck even thinking about it now um, and I'm a real softy anyway and I get really emotional about stuff and so like I, I was wearing the scarf that my grandmother had knit for my, my brother who died in, in the 70s who used to go to the matches with us back then and um, so like when Rover scored and it just looked like it was going to be the perfect end to the, the day I, I mean I like I, I, I'm getting shivers now talking about it. Then um, Dundalk at the equaliser, and, and uh, were you behind that goal? I was, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I just looked around, and my sisters and stuff were behind me. I said, "That we're fucked. We're fucked." <laughs> <laughs> you, you weren't the only one. Con. Uh, I thought that was it. I just couldn't see them coming, but having like such a killer blow because you, you expend all this energy. I thought the really interesting thing that. About Rover scoring uh, was when Joey O'Brien was talking to you, and he was saying, "You know, I could have killed Aaron for running back down to his family to celebrate the goal mm. instead of going up the other end and just wasting another thirty seconds." For me, that was so interesting because it, it's such a professional outlook. You know, Joey, classic, Joey was thinking, "Okay, yeah. we've scored, but let's kill, let's run the clock down, let's go." Um. And yet you can understand why Aaron wanted to go down and celebrate. There was a great interview with him in the, the 42 the other day about his dad's love for Rovers and everything. Um, <clears throat> so when the equaliser went in, I just, I thought that was it. And then, you know, that shot that squirmed just wide when, you know, Dundalk came so close to, to winning it in extra time. When it went to penalties then, I, I could just about watch you know, um, I found it really hard Through to watch. Through the fingers. Oh, Jesus. Um, and when Gary O'Neill scored, it was just like incredible. You know, I, my dad was watching it on the telly at home. He wasn't well enough to, to uh, come to the Aviva. But like I was thinking back to all the, you know, the cup finals I would have been with him at down through the years and, and um, all the games we went to and everything. And I'd love if he had been there. But um Still, the sisters were around me and everybody else and all that. Uh, that's, you know, when they talk about um, sport and and what it means to people and the emotion involved, a day like that, I think, sums it all up. From that march down in, in Rings End, that gathering, like the, the footage, the, the whoever shot that from uh, two or three stories up, down over the crowd, unbelievable. And, you know, when they talk about the, the, the family that is, you know, uh, the supporters for any team, that was a great example of that. Young, old men, women, the works um, was incredible, uh, really incredible. And like the explosion of joy at the end was just fantastic. You know, that that's a day when you're 90, you'll still remember that day clearly, you know. And so will I, if I make it to 90. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Prof, he um emotional man, especially yeah. with the cup final stuff. 
Yeah, like you could see the tears in his eyes as he was talking about his dad and his brother and what what it meant to his family winning that cup. Like, uh, really enjoyed that interview. And before that, he he spoke about you know what's involved in his routine uh, for for commentating the games. Like, a fair bit of work goes into it. But we know Con's a grafter because sure he told me that he was playing poker in Kalini the night before. <laughs> yeah. Big poker player. Yeah, he's always been, hasn't he? Love to see him face Johnny Blue, though, here. Oh, you can't escape the wrath of Johnny Blue's poker yeah. hand. Imagine, the, like, Khan would be pulling his hair out. He'd just be like... Oh, he'd go mad. <laughs> oh. Like, how does he get the card he wants on the river every time? Every fucking mm. time. You shouldn't be playing with 2-5 in your hand, like. And these fellas just goes <laughs> on, goes all in. Gets fives and twos. So Khan talked about how he's not... He's not alone in that boat as being like a fan of a club and being in the Irish football media and like there's loads of people who have affiliations. And you mentioned Aidan Fitzmaurice and I really enjoyed his pro- his article in the Bowls programme on Friday night. Someone sent me a copy of it uh, for their home game against Shells and it was about away facilities at all grounds in the league. And it was basically saying how come we don't treat away fans like we would like to be treated it's a strange one if you look at the mentality it's always like well we'll improve this this and this and this and this but that's always like the very bottom of the list the away fan and he's he's a bow supporter and he he was like less than complimentary complimentary towards Daily Mount as well so he told it like it is I really enjoyed it as Ozzy Nate says there's nowhere for a Sheila to piss in yeah. Every time he says shield, it kills us. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I wanted to play a quick thing. Actually, do you remember when we played at Turner's Cross? Yes. A couple of years ago, and a certain something was installed for the first time, and we were in a dream-like trance. We were just yeah. stunned by it. Going to the bathroom in these holes in so the ground. I wanted to just replay that clip. And it sort of sums up our feelings as we walked into one of the best grounds in the country, Turns Cross. <laughs> and yet, listen to how surprised we were by these improvements. And that they actually had yeah. facilities for you to go to the bathroom. So Alan Fernilo tweeted this to us. He said, thank you for introducing me to the phase sweaty chips, which is now a very par- important part of my lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> we all know what sweaty chips are like. And uh, before the game, I, I couldn't find the portal. And you're just I, walking around in circles, I, holding it, <laughs> bursting. I didn't know what was going on. Then I noticed people going into this small building. So I had to investigate, right? So I went in it there. Had bricks, didn't it? It was like bricks and other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went in. It was like those four lockable cubicles, right? And there was a few like urinals on the opposite side. So, like, Multiple people could go to the bathroom at once. You could actually go to the toilet. Like more than one person. You didn't have to wait for someone else to come out of a little green box. No, I know I know what people are going to think. Why change a good thing? You know, form an orderly queue behind the portaloo one at a time. Why change it? But hear me out. This this was an interesting idea. And then you as you turn it across. You do your business. And off you go. Ready to spread various diseases that's what we're taught to do right 
But no, you come out. And there was this ball-shaped basin. And it had some sort of, uh, I suppose you'd call it a, like a faucet. And Wet this, stuff come out? The, this faucet supplied hot and cold water. Right. Like, uh, it was like, you know, what you might call it? Uh, a sink. A sink, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. But it didn't stop there, Gar. This is where it got really fancy. Anyone who's been to the UAN at Turner's Cross, I know you've no idea what I'm talking about here. If you weren't at the game on Monday. But I'm just, I'll describe it to you as best I can. There was this device, and when you triggered it, it dispensed some sort of surfactant cleaning compound in small quantities. Ketchup? That you could was it ketchup? No, you could apply it to your hands, and you, was it mustard? No, 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 no. Was it in liquid form? Yeah, right. Soap dispenser. That's it. That's You're it. You're telling me they had fucking soap. They had that. Jesus Christ! And the, yeah. And, and then, of course, you know, my hands were, were wet at this point. But I, I didn't want to so make you didn't, a... F- you didn't just wipe them in your trousers? Yeah, like, I didn't want to make a fuss about it. They, like, they dry themselves eventually. And I got shot into a nice steward in there. I didn't want to be, you know, the dub, too big for his boots, can't dry his own hands, you know. <laughs> but, but next thing, I just noticed him. He put his hand under this electric machine. And the machine, like, automatically just started producing hot air and it was blowing the water off his hands until it just evaporated until it evaporated are you serious yeah so it was like a you could call it a, a hair dryer yeah what a, what a novelty jeez we're, we're talking like this is I feel like we went to the future I think <laughs> it was like we got on the Gary Twig bus and we went through a black hole we went into through a time warp Went through some sort and of time dimension. Into yeah. the future. That's how upgraded these facilities were in Turner's Cross. Unbelievable. Incredible scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Cork, still a shit <laughs> Um Yeah, so that is it. And we are going to move on, Prof. What have we got? We've got the stats. You got your stats? I do. There is a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats out! That was our first minute of Sligo since the open day of the 2016 season. You heard Mueller mention that, the melee free kick. Yep. Do you remember one? I remember melee, yeah. It took, it took a while to find on YouTube, but it was there, yeah, it was a cracker. So now Bradford has won at every away ground at all of the current top flight clubs. Although Talca Park was in the cup. So he needs a league win away to Shelburne. It's the last thing to tick off on the list. So we're looking to win nine consecutive league games. Going back to October. For the first time since the 1965-66 season. Which was also the last time we won our opening five games of a season. When we did 11. So, five wins out of five, and five losses out of five for Sligo. So five out of five yeah. for Sligo. Yeah. That is surely their, one of their worst starts in a long time. They are notoriously slow starters, though. If you go back... Been I noticed that that crowd was quite sparse as well, wasn't yeah. it? There's been a couple of seasons where they haven't won any of their first eight or nine games, so and they've done fine. But you imagine it'd be them or Cork battling relegation. Ah, without a doubt, yeah. So, very poor. So we're looking for a 10 straight win over Harps 
in all competitions since we drew with them on a Sunday afternoon in Tala back in May 2016. <laughs> they haven't beaten us since the last day of the 20, 2008 season. And you might remember a stat. Do you remember when Ronan Finn scored his 50th goal for the club? Yes. He got that goal in Baddy Buffet in May of last year. And he still hasn't scored since then. Fuck's <laughs> sake. Yep. That's the stats. stats. So, um, yeah, that is it for the stats. But we're going to move on to our starting 11s now and predictions. We, right. be- we best do the team news, like there before we. Yeah, we're better off. So, what have we got missing? Joey Cavo. So, we got Reese Marshall and Graham Joey Burke. Joey Cavo, Marshall, Graham Still Burke. recovering from injuries. Joey with a hamstring, obviously. Jack Byrne is waiting for a scan on his back after Brads are patting him right where it was sore. <laughs> so we're still waiting on results <laughs> of that. Yeah. And finally, uh, Jason Maloney will be out for six to eight weeks. He's in a knee brace. Oh, fuck. <laughs> She'll be back waddling around Ballier by the end of the next month. I'm sure he'll find his way to certain uh, yeah. establishments. Will hopefully be fully fit to abuse any former Rovers managers or players that he doesn't like from the comfort of the West End. <laughs> okay, team news is done, and my team is picked. I actually did it previous as well, so I'm getting really organised now. It's Alan Manis, Scales Pico, Grace. Gonna go with Faruja again. I think he'll fucking tear these a new arsehole. Uh, Finn on the right. I'm gonna go McInef, Gary O'Neill, and Watts. Bourne and Green. I'm going to keep Green around. He deserves to play again after eating all them chips. Uh, Bourne, McInef, Gary O'Neill, Watts, Watts came on, changed the game. He deserves to start. Um, yeah, I'm happy enough with that. I'm happy enough. I'm going to say 4 0. I fancy minus 3. Ooh. I fancy an old spanking. And Gaffney to get his first goal off the bench. First goal for Gaffney. Looking How about at, that? I'm looking at your team now. And you're shitting all over. Um. McIniff, Gary O'Neill and Watts you know, Burn. So who'd you leave out then? I left out Bulger Burn Cabinet okay. Thomas Oluya I am picking the same team except if Marshall's fit I want to see him again Ooh. at uh, right wing back or whatever he is So and that's it You're shuffling it around or is it just like for like? Uh, like for like yeah I, I, Like yourself I do fancy a Gapney go off the bench and I'm going to say Five one. You to put you know what? Probably will probably will concede. Bleeding bloody bloody, but uh, that's it. And um, yeah, I'm gonna go four nil. You're saying five one. I'll say who who do I fancy getting the score sheet? I'm hoping Green. I guess another couple as well. But yeah, so the league season has potentially been postponed because of the coronavirus outbreak, and it's something that. Kind of been looking up on as well, Prof, you have as well. We had our suits, the Sligar masks, and I'll take the piss, but it's a serious kind of issue now. Mm. And um, shit is getting real. Certainly is. I mean, was it the Arsenal City game just That's got called gone. off? Austria Bundesliga, that's postponed. Games, Italian Serie A, postponed. Games getting played behind closed doors, European games. All the big clubs mm. are playing their games behind closed doors, so bowls are free to play. <laughs> Well, the FBI announced that there would be no handshakes before games, which... I mean, but you could end up with your face in someone's crotch <laughs> through a tackle, or, you know... I mean, it is a contact sport. I mean, they're all touching off each other and breathing Spitting. on each other. Spitting. Yeah, it just makes uh, no sense. I, I don't get it. 
But uh, if this did happen where we play behind closed doors, do you think like we'd end up setting up a stream so that we could at least watch the games? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Nuts though, isn't it? I think that they're all talking about this potential crisis and uh, games being postponed. And I know this might sound nuts, but let's say for all the hardcore that are out there and a game gets suspended, for instance, let's say this game uh, gets suspended tomorrow, we could just all buy tickets for this non-fixture anyway. Do you get me? Everybody just have their 15 mm. quid yeah. and just go and buy a ticket for a game that doesn't happen. Does That sounds like a good initiative by me from fans, I think, anyway, by fans to kind of say, okay, well, we know we're going to struggle, so we'll give you the money or, anyway. Or charge the money or even like less or like a tenner to watch the stream, similar to the Cypress game. Yeah, there you go. That was like the launch of an SRFC TV streaming service, basically. Although it was a one-off, but so you imagine something like that could happen. But uh, it is nuts to think about. I mean, we could be looking, we could be looking back in the show in months' time, and this was our last game. Imagine, and our last triple sligo. I was only thinking about it, man. It doesn't bear thinking about. It really doesn't, does it? At the moment, all our concern is, is just football. And Selfish, soon, <laughs> soon, that could be like way down our list of priorities pretty soon. Life could be prioritised soon enough. Yeah, this is it. Sterilisation and survival. If it's public health versus football, you know, public health is going to win. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, football cans, then public health. Yeah, we're going to move on to some more good news. We've Shamrock Rovers who have teamed up with the NCBI. Access for all at Tala Stadium 2020. So this descriptive audio commentary service for the visually impaired fans will be available from this Friday's game. So we have our own content, our own uh, volunteers, and they're going to help out with this as well. So um, we'll go for the first one. We have the Bendrix. Oh, my God. Bendrix. Bendrix is not one. <laughs> the fuck's a Bendrix car? I don't know. New car, I think. Yeah, so it's a great, uh, it's a great initiative by by the club, and it's for all those visually impaired fans out there, and who drive Bendrixes. <laughs> I was gonna keep it in the official car. I'm I'm extremely tired here, guys. So just let me just let me get away with this. Um, I'm starting to starting to see things. <laughs> starting to see things. The car has the cars. <laughs> the podcast is sponsored by the Bendrix. It's a new car. That doesn't exist. Oh, fucking hell. Right, um, yeah, so we're going to move on to a big one. Friday will be the 11th anniversary of Tallis Stadium. We should probably... 11th isn't really a big one. Uh, the Milltown Walk. Uh, we should do that again. We should have done that last year, really, shouldn't we? Or did we? The Milltown Walk. We didn't do it last year. It's Milltown Walk. 10th anniversary. We did it for the 30th, yeah. 25th and the 30th anniversary. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I like yeah. it. It's a good crack. But uh, it would be 11th anniversary of Tallis Stadium and Hoopman is 10 years old as well. So this is from the Junior Hoops. Please bring birthday cards and sign them for Hooperman. Post them in the post box in the Junior Hoops HQ. Membership packs are available for pickup and all the important sign-ups are still open. So um, we are still motoring with our drive for members. Uh, drive for Junior Hoops. All the good stuff that's going on at the club at the minute. Um, there's still loads and loads of actively to do on the day as well I'll be up early enough I'll be in availing of the bar I'll be in eating the curry Jaden will be with the junior hoops like it's there's loads to do there's, you... a, there's a scramble for the exclusive with Hooperman and Tifties for the highest highest bidder game, yeah so. we Tifties 
This is where Patreon comes in. Gives this us the financial muscle. That's it, yeah. We can offer him a chicken fillet roll and a can of Coke and he's ours. <laughs> he's ours. Um, but that is uh, that is pretty much it for this week. Gary um, is going to bed now. I'm going to drive off a bridge because I'm absolutely wrote off. Um, yeah, so it's uh, been a good week. It's been a good start to the season. Let's hope it continues and let's hope this... Let's hope we fucking kick this virus's arse and hopefully stamp it out so that a lot of people stay safe and the league can go on and life can go on. So, um, yeah, big big shout out and thanks to our sponsors again, Ocean Electrical, who don't sell lamps, <laughs> and uh, the Abo, who you could probably get lamped if you went in. <laughs> I love lamp. I love lamp. So that's it from this week, and uh, keep on hoping. See ya.